Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into wide open. Touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Jets-Titans post-game report. And for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, I have to remember sometimes when I'm at these games to not yell so loud because I do have podcasts to record and had a bit of a scratchy throat. I had to grab some tea coming out of the stadium. I haven't had a lot of reason to yell and scream in a long time because obviously fans weren't allowed in last year. And in 2019, there weren't a whole lot of screamable moments, at least in a positive way. Today, there were. We're going to get to why. But first, you and I were talking before we started recording that this was probably the most lively a crowd has been at MetLife Stadium for a Jets game since at the very least when Sam Darnold came back from mono and lit up the Cowboys and everybody thought, wow, this guy's back. He's going to be a star. It felt like a star-making performance that day. Unfortunately, it wasn't. This very well could have been. We'll see. It's early, and there's a lot of football left to be played this season. But we will start with Zach Wilson. Before we do, though, I wanted to get your take on what it was like in the stadium today because you were sitting in the press box. I was sitting in the stands. I felt an electricity going through that stadium once Zach Wilson, the Jets offense, came alive that, as I said, I haven't felt in quite a while. Did you feel that same thing sitting in the press box? Yeah, I think it was even a little bit more intense than that Cowboys game. I think there were definitely more people at the Cowboys game, but I feel like it was more intense just because the first half mostly went like what we had seen the past few weeks, which was not good. And once good things started happening, I think people were just excited and, and ready to, to to roll with it. And then it just kept happening. So not to say that he was perfect, but 
he was really good and what the Jets needed in the second half. There's stuff you can nitpick, but I mean, just the amount of electric plays that he made, the, some of the throws, like the one to Keelan Cole for mm-hmm. 54 yards or the one to Corey Davis for 53 yards or even the play where he fumbled and was able to find Jamison Crowder at the five-yard line. I mean, there are just so many memorable, like, oh, my God, did you see that type moments um, that I think you got as many in this game as you got in a year of Sam Darnold. So I just think there was a definitely a smaller crowd, but I thought the excitement level was as good as I've seen it at MetLife Stadium um, really since I started covering the team in 2016. I mean, I think there was some games against the Patriots that were close there in 2017, maybe in 2018, where you know it was a, it was a great atmosphere. And that Cowboys game definitely sticks out. Um, but I thought this was like kind of a release of frustration combined with like, Hey, maybe this kid is pretty good. So a long way to go. And, and like you said, it felt like a star making performance for Darnold. And then I believe a week or two later, he played the Patriots mm-hmm. uh, and it was a seeing ghost game. And, you know, the jets play the Falcons coming up here in London next week and then go to the bye and come back with the Patriots. So we you know, two, three weeks from now, when the Jets play the Patriots, we could be having a conversation that was like, man, that's when they turned it all around, or we could be having a very different conversation. Nobody knows how these next two games are going to go, but what we do know is that the Jets aren't open for. They have an opportunity to turn this season around and maybe you know, be in the, in the conversation for something other than the season being over uh, if they can win these next two games. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but for a week at least, it's a nice change of pace and, and a nice conversation to have rather than, oh, my God, they're 0-4 for the third time in, in three straight years. And if they can't win this game, when are they going to win a game? So, yeah, a, a definite change of pace that the Jets very much needed. And, and Robert Sala, Zach Wilson both get their first wins in, in their new roles, and that was exciting for both of them as well. Just to put a fine point on what you were talking about, in the difference between the crowd with the Jets and Cowboys and then the crowd today. The crowd for Jets and Cowboys was much larger. There were a lot of empty seats today, and it's understandable. As I said before the game, it was a perfect weather day, 75 degrees and sunny, and so a lot of people watched the first three weeks of the season and probably said to themselves, I got better things to do than go to MetLife Stadium, sit in traffic, park, have to pay all this money for concessions, Rather than doing all of that, I'll just go to the beach or I'll just hang out with my family, whatever it is they were going to do. And it was noticeable early on that there were a lot of empty seats. And this was a really interesting game, the way that it played out. Because Andy, like you said, most of the first half, it was what we had seen for the majority of the first three games. Wasn't much going on. Then toward the end of the first half, they had a really nice drive That culminated in a touchdown with Michael Carter running it in on a tenacious run. Wow, just incredible. This dude looked like he was dead as a doornail at the two-yard line. And just between him and the offensive line pushing, fought his way into the end zone. So it was 9-7 at the half because the Titans kept driving and putting together nice series. But at the end, they weren't able to close with a touchdown. So the Jets remain within striking distance. And we get to the second half. 
And it really isn't even the second half. It's mostly just the fourth quarter. The end of the third is where it started to swing because I think that's where that Keelan call pass happened. And Andy, I agree. I think that was the moment when you saw that play and said to yourself, wow, that was an incredible throw. He threw a dart on the run, 54 yards, perfect pass to Keelan Cole, and that set up the next score, which ended up being a field goal. But Andy, it just kept continuing from there. And that throw to Corey Davis, which was unbelievable, he's rolling out, avoiding pressure. Corey Davis is running a route, and I guess he was supposed to come back. But Wilson sees the safety come in, and so he just waves Corey Davis as if to say, keep running and I'll get you. And he did. Perfect pass, touchdown. And from there we saw many other phenomenal throws. The touchdown throw to Jamison Crowder, outstanding. And by the way, we should say, Jamison Crowder was a very welcome addition today. Welcome back, Jamison Crowder. The Jets absolutely missed him on offense. He wasn't the brightest of all of the stars that shined today, but he certainly made a big impact, including that touchdown. And then in the overtime, that beautiful pass to Keelan Cole. They drive all the way down to the one-yard line, weren't able to finish. But we'll get to the actual story of the game after we talk about how sharp Zach Wilson looked. Andy, I think you said it best. Before this game, the Jets coaching staff had a lot of trouble putting Zach Wilson into positions where he was going to be able to do what he does best. Today, that was not the case, at least not once he got rolling. Wilson was accurate. Even the one interception he threw, a lot of that falls on Corey Davis, who fell down. And Corey Davis, early on, had a pass in the first quarter that was thrown that should have been caught. And of course, again, he let Zach Wilson down. So we're starting to think Corey Davis really got to get his stuff together here. And he did. And of course, finishes with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. But just dart throw after dart throw after dart throw from Zach Wilson once he got in that groove. As I have been saying since before the season started, what most Jets fans have been wanting was competitive, entertaining football. Win or loss, you got that today. And as I tweeted walking out of MetLife Stadium today, this was the Zach Wilson that the Jets drafted at number two overall in April. This is the guy that they saw on tape. This is the guy that they thought that they were getting. We'll see if he can maintain this or come even close to it. But today you saw exactly why so many scouts, so many coaches, so many talent evaluators and draft Knicks and all these other people Loved Zach Wilson so much. This was it right here. You saw it all on display. And after this, whether Wilson becomes a star or not, or whether he becomes an elite quarterback or not, if you can't see why people thought he had the opportunity to become special, then I'm not sure what you're looking at because he sure showed you that today. Yeah, there were just, like I said before, there were so many plays that were just memorable. But I just want to take you back to the start of this game so we don't forget how bad it was. I mean, the first drive was three and out. The second drive went five plays, Mm -hmm. and they had to punt. The third drive, two plays and an interception. So now you're like, oh, my God, are they going to score? Are we going to go another full game without a touchdown? (laughs) The Titans kick that field goal to take a 9-0 lead. And then Corey Davis, like you said, had dropped a pass, uh, fell down on the interception, he catches a drive or he catches a pass early in that next drive with the Jets trailing nine to nothing. And he gets the the Bronx, you know, cheer basically. Not not a boo, but like, you know, the sarcastic cheer from the fans. Like, 
oh, finally, you did you did something. And then on the next play, very next play, he goes for 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And now they're cheering for real. And, and the Jets go on a drive that I'll talk about this later. But in their minds, that drive kind of changed everything for the offense. Uh, it just took a lot of pressure off. So, And then you see Zach Wilson just, like, like you said, the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, who's, who's gotten a lot of criticism and rightfully so for that putrid last two games, he was putting Wilson in, in better positions to succeed, a lot more rolling out, a lot more instead of it all. It felt like the Jets were running because they felt like they needed to. But it, it was like in this game, they were setting stuff. They were setting stuff up with the pass and then running like that. And it just worked better. It didn't feel like they were running because they felt like they had to. They were running and, and passing and calling plays to set stuff up. And obviously they did it against a defense that isn't one of the better defenses in the NFL, but this is, this is what they were supposed to do today. This, they were supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, they said they faced two of the toughest defense or three of the toughest defenses to start the season. And that's a tough, you know, road for their rookie quarterback. Now they've faced a defense that isn't one of the toughest in the NFL and they needed to show something. And they did. And I think we saw it from Wilson. We saw it from, from the play calling. Um, and we saw Corey Davis make some huge contributions, four catches for 111 yards. And then Jamison Crowder, I think that's a very under underrated uh, storyline here. Mm-hmm. I think him being back gave Wilson a guy he knew he could rely on and, and gave him the freedom to feel like, hey, even if this play isn't perfect, I can throw it his way. And he's, he'll probably come down with it. And I think that's where a lot of the success you saw today happened. So he clearly has huge upside. He makes some of these plays that not many quarterbacks can make. And today they were a big reason the Jets won. There's going to be mistakes and there's going to be stuff that needs to be balanced out. But this, you know, we were looking for progress. It didn't seem like it was happening. And and today we saw it. And, and kudos to the Jets and the coaching staff for that because everybody said they thought it was close. Today we saw – I don't think we saw – the full potential, but we saw a lot of what, of how good this kid can be and, and how exciting this offense could be moving forward. And that's a place the Jets haven't been in in a long time. By the way, if you want to get fans to stop screaming about Denzel Mims, this is a good way to do it. Mims didn't do anything in this game other than mostly just block during running plays, but I don't think anybody noticed because the Jets' offense was cooking. So if the Jets' offense produces, I don't think anybody's going to get riled up about Denzel Mims not playing. So that's not something that I think is going to be a major storyline this week for obvious reasons. By the way, since we haven't mentioned it yet, should say Jets did win and the final score was 27 to 24 in overtime. And this was one that got sweated out to the end because the Titans scored to tie the game and send it into overtime with 16 seconds left. And then, of course, in the overtime period, the Jets able to drive all the way down. The key play was on a third down where the Jets otherwise would have had to punt it. Zach Wilson connected downfield on a beautiful pass to Keelan Cole, kept the drive going. They did get all the way down to the one-yard line. On third down and one, the Jets elected to have Zach Wilson try to scramble to his right. It unfortunately didn't work out, and they had to settle for a field goal. But then the Titans got the ball, largely on the back of Derrick Henry, who was every bit as awesome as he usually is today. I believe he had something like 33 carries for 157 yards. They went 
down the field and were able to get themselves in a field goal range, set up for a 49-yard field goal at the end of the game, and their kicker missed it badly wide left, and the Jets were able to escape this one 27-24, despite the defense giving it up there at the end. But I don't want to be too hard on the defense, Andy, and I want to get back to them in a bit. reason I don't want to be too hard is because a lot was put on them early on, and they did make a ton of really good plays. I wanted to talk about the offense, though, a little bit more, mostly because this was very much a one-dimensional effort. This was the passing game taking over for the Jets late in the game. The running game didn't do much. I know Michael Carter had that touchdown run, and he had another really, really nice run, but for the most part... He was not a big factor today, at least running the ball. 13 carries, 38 yards. Berrios had a nice play on an end around. And Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson had a couple of carries, but there wasn't much really going on there. Spreading the ball around was the key here, though. We talked about the big throws to Cole, the big throws to Davis. And welcome back, Jamison Crowder, who had a team-high seven catches for 61 yards. So all in all, this was all about the passing game. The running game was not really... All that impressive today. Ideally, going forward, you want a more balanced approach. You'd like the running game to be able to be more successful. But this is the dimension that A, is the one that you really want to see doing the best. And B, is the one that is the most likely roadmap to a victory in today's NFL. Yeah, and it wasn't as one-dimensional as even what we saw last week in Denver when I think they only ran it like 13 times. Um they ran it 22 times a day, and I think a lot of it, while they didn't get a ton of yards, 68 yards, it was still, they were able to set up a lot of what they did by by staying committed, reasonably committed to the run. Now, it was obvious in key situations where, what they were going to be doing, but in early downs, it kept the Titans' defense honest enough that I think it allowed them to have some success. So, I, I thought... Yeah, ideally you'd like to see a little bit more success in the run game, but I thought it was exactly what they needed for today. Um, and yeah, Wilson, an underrated part of this game is that he got, like you said, so many people involved. There were eight guys who mm-hmm. caught passes. Um, you know, Crowder was obviously the volume guy, but Corey Davis, you know, and Keelan Cole combined for more than 200 yards on seven catches. So when he was finding those guys, he was making the most out of it. Um, and then, you know, there were some opportunities missed as well. I mean, you talked about that play in overtime, um, and, and just the whole drive in overtime, it's, it's a little disconcerting that they were on the one yard line and couldn't get into the end zone. Um, and, and Zach Wilson said after the game that that was something he was beating himself up about because he didn't feel like it should have ever gotten to the point where the Titans had a chance to tie it with that field goal, because if he hits, hits Ryan Griffin on that throw on second down, for a touchdown, which it would have been if the ball hit him in the hands, the game's over. And he said he wasn't even beating himself up that much about the third down play where they called a scramble or they called a rollout to the right and, and Wilson decided to keep it and go for the end zone and lost five, you know, three yards and taking him back to the, to the four or five. And that ended up meaning the Jets had to kick a field goal there, whereas if they had, it had just been an incomplete and he threw it away, I think they would have gone for it on fourth and one. Uh, from from the one to try to win the game. Uh, but he said it shouldn't have ever gotten to that point because he should have won the game on the play before. So it, that's an interesting approach from Wilson, and I think one the Jets fans will like to hear because the kid isn't satisfied after his first career win. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. How about these numbers 
in the second half and overtime for Zach Wilson, this courtesy of Randy Lang. 14 of 22, 232 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 129.4 pass rating. Let's see more of that, please. And let's see more of a lot of what the defense did in the game today, too. C.J. Mosley looked every bit the star that he was in Baltimore. Ten tackles, one sack. He was all over the place. And how about the Williams brothers, by the way? Quinn and Williams, six tackles. He was a force. Two sacks. Quincy Williams had a sack and 10 tackles. Had a bunch of key stops. Michael Carter, the second, played really well. Bryce Hall was excellent again today. Even got in for half a sack. How about Bryce Huff, who got himself a sack and a half? John Franklin Myers was getting in there. The Jets' defense was largely very good. If I could nitpick here, there were two things that I would say. The first is that there were some key long third down conversions that they allowed that never should have happened. Of course, there's that penalty that happened toward the end of the game. It was a questionable penalty. They called pass interference on what would have otherwise ended the game. That kept the Titans' final drive alive and allowed them to score and send it in overtime. And then the other complaint that I would have is, of course, that they couldn't close when they had to on that last drive in the fourth quarter. But... They largely were really, really strong today. We've talked about this before, Andy. Half the guys that are playing meaningful snaps for the Jets are guys that you might not have even heard of before the season. Jeff Ulbrich mostly doing a really good job with this unit. And ultimately, they were exhausted by the time that fourth quarter came because they were on the field so much, particularly in the first half. They got worn down, but still they were able to do what they needed to do to knock Tennessee back in that overtime drive far enough that the kicker shanked the field goal really badly and they were able to come out with a win. So not perfect today from the defense, but overall I thought it was a really good effort. Very encouraging going forward as well. The pass rush is something that we were not expecting without Carl Lawson, but they were really getting at Tannehill today. And if they can do that against a much less mobile Matt Ryan in London, that will go a long way towards potentially giving them a chance for a victory there. Obviously, I don't expect them to be able to get to the quarterback with this kind of frequency on a weekly basis, but the fact that they were able to do this and that they've largely gotten to the quarterback at a much better rate than we were expecting without Carl Lawson, as I said, very, very happy to see that, and I think it's going to help the Jets a lot as the rest of the season progresses. Yeah, well, we'll start with the good and, and give the Jets credit for switching up the game plan today. There was a lot more blitzing, a lot more pressure, and it worked really well. Um, maybe not at the end of the game as much as they wanted it to. I mean, it was still they were still getting home, but they were giving up a lot more big plays. But early in that game, I mean, they the defense was the reason that the Jets were in this game. I mean, they wouldn't have been in the game if not, not for the defense being put in some tough positions by the offense and still – keeping the Titans out of the end zone early. I don't want to celebrate it too much because when you look at the numbers, like you said, Henry finished with, I mean, I think it was, I have it right here, uh, 33 carries for 157 yards. Tannehill completed 30 of 49 passes for 298 and a touchdown. Um, that's a lot of yards. I mean, the Jets gave up 430 yards today, the, mo the most they've given up this season. Um and I thought there's some reasons to be concerned. Like you said, a couple of times on third and long, um, they gave up big gains. I know early in the game on the, on the screen pass, I think it was like third and 21, and they gave up 27. Um, and that was the fourth time in, in the last 
game and a quarter at that point, they'd given up 20 yards on third and nine or longer, more than 20 yards on third and nine. That, that's not good, and, 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 and that's the reason for concern. And then in, in the fourth quarter in overtime, like you said, the pass interference call, which I thought he definitely got there early. I, I didn't have a problem with the ref uh, throwing that flag. But there was another couple plays. I think they had two fourth downs and short in the overtime where they could have ended the game and couldn't get off the field. Um, you want to see them win the game of those plays rather than let it come down to where the Titans had a chance to get into the, or to get a field goal to win the game or, or to send the game, not to send the game anywhere would have sent everybody home upset with a tie. Um, but I thought they had a chance to get out of those situations earlier and they didn't. But like you said, it was, first of all, the jets are without Marcus May. Um, the Jets obviously are still without Jared Davis. They're not getting Carl Lawson back. They've got two guys starting at safety that weren't on the roster three weeks ago. They've got some issues, and, and overall, you got to give the Jets credit for the way the defense has played, and, and it didn't play well enough today for them to win. So definitely some areas for concern, but definitely some really cool performances, like you said, from the Williams brothers. I, I believe that's the first time since they started keeping track of, of sacks in 1982 that brothers have had a sack in the same game, and that's per Elias Sports. So, so that's a pretty cool moment for them. And, and Quincy Williams, man, that kid flies around, makes some big hits. He's fast. He's fun to watch play. And Quinnen, obviously, with the two sacks today, was fun to watch as well. Um, the Jets were just – it was just fun to watch today. I mean, it wasn't – pretty all the time it wasn't certainly wasn't perfect but especially on defense man they, they they come at you with everything you've got and it's not what we've been used to seeing watching this defense the last few years and it's a very nice change of pace give Robert Sala and, and Jeff Ulbrich credit for that as I said on Twitter earlier today there were a lot of people that thought that the Jets were going to lose a coordinator after one year and they were panicking about that it might happen, but that coordinator might actually end up being Jeff Ulbrich rather than Mike LaFleur. We'll see, because Jeff Ulbrich has certainly been very impressive so far this season with a group of guys that, as we said before, not exactly the most impressive on paper. So really good job, and he continues to have his unit ready to go every single Sunday. Andy, where do we sit with injuries? Anything going on there? The big one today. Today was Brandon Eccles. Uh, he left with a concussion and did not return. So Salah didn't have any specifics on that after the game. He just said that he's day-to-day, and I guess we'll find out on Monday if he's in the concussion protocol. But since he was ruled out of the game, that usually means that he is in the concussion protocol. So that could be something to watch moving forward to next week. He was replaced by Javelin Guidry, who did a nice job. Um, and so the Jets have some shocking depth there at cornerback that you never would have thought. But they have enough, had enough to get through this game, and, and again, it wasn't perfect. But for the most part, they make it through without any major injuries, and, and that's what you want to see if you're a Jets fan. Andy, after the game, we heard from Robert Sala, Zach Wilson, and a couple of the other players in the locker room what they have to say. Yeah, so Robert Sala just said that this was exactly what we've been seeing from Zach Wilson in practice. And now he's putting it out there in a game, and it's, it, it was exciting for him. He said the kid is resilient. The kid uh, made some big-time plays today and got it done, and that he was excited about that. Uh, Salah also said that it was just good for, for the team to get a win and, and 
clearly he was excited about it. You could see him hugging staff members after the game. I think he even got a, a Gatorade bath there that briefly made it on TV. Um, and he said what he said to Zach Wilson after the game was pretty simple. He just said, are you having fun yet? Um, and I thought that was kind of a, a cool line. Um, and then Zach Wilson, again, was very introspective, very interesting. He went into big-time detail about that touchdown to Corey Davis uh, and what he saw in that play. I'm not going to give you all the details because I want you to go to NorthJersey.com and check it out. I've got a story up on that uh, right now if you go there. But basically, the Corey Davis wasn't even a read on that play. Wilson, it was a design rollout to the right. Wilson rolled out, saw the coverage, and then saw the defender trailing Davis and it was just like, go, go, go. He does all this in like two seconds with a defender running toward him. And then right before the defender gets there, he unleashes that perfect ball. Davis was kind of laughing when he was asked about it. You know, what did, what did you see on that play? And he was like, he told me to go deep. So I listened. And, and then it was a great throw from Wilson and, and Davis came down with it. Um, and then Wilson also talked about how he was, it was interesting uh to get this win because he f- obviously feels really good about the win, but also he feels like he could have done a lot better. And that he said, I'm, I'm beating myself up for that, that play in overtime. I could have won the game there, but also it's, it's much better learning from a win than from a loss. So he, so he's in a good place moving forward. Corey Davis, uh, when he was asked about Wilson's arm and if it was, it was pretty good. He just nodded and smiled. So yeah, he, he was pretty happy with that. Um, Jameson Crowder said it was, it was great to catch passes from Wilson. He, he said on that play where they got down inside the five there that when he caught the perfect pass from Wilson that he, he didn't see what happened at the beginning of the play, so he didn't even know about the fumble, but he knew the pass was perfect and he just wanted to make sure he secured it and gave the, the Jets the chance to get into the end zone there. So he did that. A nice day for Crowder. Uh, and then C.J. Mosley, uh he had his first sack as a Jet, got his first win in a game that he actually played in with the Jets. He said he wasn't really thinking about that. He was just thinking about like how cool it was to get the win with his team because this was something they needed. Um, and he also praised Zach Wilson by saying that that the kid, you know, he's he's tough, he's mentally strong, um, and that he hasn't really been phased by anything in this crazy first four weeks of the season. And that clearly has earned the respect of CJ Mosley and, and a lot of other guys in the locker room. So um, an overall really feel good day for the jets who, who go into London and, and then the buy with something to be optimistic about during a season, which is, is not a feeling that we've had uh, in a long time. And at, and at one in three, certainly a, a hole to dig out of, but, it's a whole lot better being one and three than it would be being zero and four. So, I think that's the overall vibe in the locker room right now. Just a lot of happy guys. Uh, and one more thing that I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, but I'll go into more depth about it here. Wilson said that that first touchdown drive, when the Jets finally got into the end zone after nine quarters of not being in the end zone, was kind of a game changer for the offense because there was. You know, he said he wasn't losing confidence and, and everybody was saying the right things and, and they believed it inside. But when they had that rough start to the game, he could feel himself pressing. He could feel other guys pressing. 
And then when they finally got the results, it was like, okay, we know what we're doing and we can, this is how we can do it. And he said, everything just loosened up. And from that point on, he felt like the offense was free. Uh, I'm sure that had an impact on Michael LaFleur as well. It'll be interesting to talk to him about that next week, but it just seemed like everything freed up. A lot of the tension was broken and the Jets kind of went out there and played football. And on this day, it was good enough to get the job done. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping this big overtime win for the Jets over the Tennessee Titans 27-24. The most fun that most Jets fans have had watching a game in quite a long time. Really appreciate it. I know you've got plenty of stuff going on over at NorthJersey.com and a bunch that'll be on the way. And again, six months for 99 cents is the deal that you get over at NorthJersey.com. That works out to about 15 cents a month. You get everything that Andy writes, both behind the paywall and not, all the other sports stories, all the local news, 15 cents a month. You absolutely can't beat that price. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. And when you do subscribe and you go and check out Andy's work, You'll get his recap of today's game. And what else are you going to get throughout the week, Andy? Well, I'll be in London. I'll be heading to London this week. So you'll have full coverage of everything the Jets are doing over there. You got to practice on Friday and then obviously the game on Sunday at Tottenham Stadium. So that will be pretty cool. And before then, uh, on NorthJersey.com on Monday morning, we'll go even more in-depth on Zach Wilson's uh, big game and and kind of what that means, his, his whole attitude of that, this wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, going to delve into that a little bit. Uh, we'll have a rookie spotlight coming later in the week, just evaluating the rookies' performances through two games, or I'm sorry, through four games now, since they're such a big part of of this young Jets team. We're going to keep doing that every week. And, and then, yeah, we're going to start looking ahead to Atlanta and seeing uh, what kind of challenge the Jets have in front of them and if they can get this win to obviously set them up at the bye for a very big game against the Patriots, it would be if the Jets are two and three heading into that one uh, in a couple weeks. So uh, very interesting time for the Jets right now. Uh, a whole lot more interesting than if they hadn't been able to get the job done today. And we'll be there to cover all of it. Just check it out at NorthJersey.com. Make sure to check out everything Andy's doing over at NorthJersey.com. Follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. And check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Sharman Phillips got a great recap of the excitement from today. That's up at playlikeajet.com. We've also got Luke Grant's instant reaction to the Jets' victory. That's on our YouTube channel. He's going to be doing a bunch of video breakdowns throughout the week as well. So check the videos out and subscribe to our channel if you haven't done that already. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.